following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of 1700 The Champ, Cumulus Media, or its employees or management. The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. And do we have a... Do, 101.3. Uh, 101.3 FM. I, do we call them the champ as well? I don't know. Uh, 101.3 We're back on the FM. FM. It's been a while, hasn't it? We did 98.3 Wow FM back in the day for a, a like a 107.1. We were on, was at one point in time. We were on 107.1. We've been on the cable. We've been on this. Right? We've been all over the place, right? But this is great. We're on two different channels, and so and actually, uh, so if you're driving around Des Moines. The really clear way to listen to my golden throat well, is, to, is on 101.3. To all, to all yeah. of 1,700 programming is, is to go to 101.3. Yeah. Change it on the way down. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so our advertisers, hey, double trouble. We got two, uh, we got two different stations for you, and we're going to get uh, twice the reach, which is good. I want to start this show. Okay. Uh, with the positives of this past weekend. Because I realize that this is going to sound like a Homer pie-in-the-sky thing. All right. But I had, again, an absolutely stupendous, uh, uh, terrific, unbelievably positive, fun experience how, in Indianapolis how many with, Hawkeye with, fans were with there? 35 to 40,000 Hawkeye fans. All right. That's what I was wondering. How much does it hold? How does Lucas Oil hold? I don't know. 67, maybe? Okay. 65? 25,000 Hawkeye fans. All right. Michigan had a few more. Um, not until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, right? Because, well, again, they, they drive in that drive, day, right? Yeah. Uh, Iowa Friday Friday night was all Iowa, all Iowa fans from what I recall. And um, How's the bush light uh, uh, <laughs> situation? They did very well for a while. Um, the the beer they did fine Friday evening. It was Saturday morning. Apparently, Tin Roof, which was up the street from my uh, downtown Hyatt, which was just the greatest place ever to stay, uh, literally a block away. Tin Roof, they were out at 11 a.m. They got a new shift shipment. That's where Timmy Wellman was hanging out. He's like, hey, they're out of beer, but if you should get here, I think they'll have more by the time you get here. Which we met him there. Tim uh, Tin Roof rusted. Uh, yes, uh, we but. Iowa fans were all over, and it is kind of interesting. Iowa fans found Iowa fans, and and uh, Michigan fans found Michigan fans to hang out with before the game. There wasn't a lot of mixing and matching at the various bars. We did not head out too much into the tailgate lots. We did a little bit right at the very end. I did right at the very end. I met the famous Lucy, Lucy Rodine. Oh, you did? Yes. She is friends with one of Andrew's <laughs> friends, and right beforehand, and I got, uh, said, hey, you're very clever, and... Good to meet you, and then and we went. But, uh, there but you go. into the game we went. But um, anyway, so terrific time. And I, I and I will say this: it's it's partially because Iowa fans understand what they're doing there, right? They understand. It, and yes, we're there for the game, but you're there to to, to really celebrate a great season, to right. celebrate being an Iowa fan and being with each other. And it was just a two day tailgate, basically, in in and it was fabulous. So that aside, yes. The game got a little depressing fairly quick. Well, it, it certainly got out of hand. I uh, so on. I was as as our loyal listeners will know. I was in Cancun last week, and nobody could tell. And uh, Sunday, so I'm watching football last Sunday and, and there or Thursday or whatever. They're showing the 
the Cowboys Cowboys and Saints played on Thursday. Yeah. Well, yep. Mm-hmm. So they have a, you know. I was flying home from Arizona. You can get it on the plane. So oh, I was watching, oh, yes. oh, by the way, Saturday, Big Ten Championship game. Yeah. Like, all right, I got no worries. This may surprise you, Brett, but the uh, television operators in the uh, uh, Cancun region. They have a difficult time with American sports, don't they? We found that out last year with the NCAA basketball, didn't we? Well, in, in I th- my theory is this, is that they pay for the pros, but they don't pay for college sports unless, of course. Now, at uh, the LeBlanc Resort where we stayed, they had network, ABC, NBC, sure. yeah. CBS yep. from, yep. like, Miami or something. So if you Leave wanted to beaver in Spanish, well, I didn't get but I did get. I mean, you could watch the Alabama game. You could watch the Wake Forest game. You could watch the. You did not have, but they didn't. They couldn't find it on the Fox. So I end up going to the phone. Yeah, and I have to go back to my room and plug in because the phone's going to die. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. I'm watching this on my YouTube TV. You got it to work? Mine, mine only, was blocked when we were down Only there. in preview mode. So you could only have the small screen. Oh. No sound. So I never heard Gus. So you remember. I couldn't hear, the, I couldn't uh, hear the fans. Should've, you should have texted me. Remember when we were down there, you and I were down there, and the Big Ten tournament was happening, and I, we couldn't get it? Right. And so I was in my room, and Andrew had texted me right. a pirated website to watch Iowa-Indiana, where you have to go through a bunch of screens and you get there. I could have gotten that for you. But, yeah, it, so it is for Fox, right? You would have thought, but, no, you couldn't quite get that. How long did the it. TV timeout seem? Oh, well, first of all, they have a clock there that you could watch. So, so how they much were two was... and a half to three minutes, depending. But the fact that they would take two in a row, it was unreal. And it seemed longer at the end when you were down 42 to three, right? So you're just sitting there. And do I leave before the end of the game? Of course not. No. I sit there and I take my medicine. And you know what? I, I cheered the team as they go off the field in the tunnel right below me. I had fabulous seats. I saw, I saw where really you were sitting. Seat. They looked pretty good. Um, but, it, 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 but I stayed. And, and partially because... It's an experience. You're just part of it and be part of it, right? No, the, partially, the, celebrate this team. I stayed till the end of the Rose Bowl. Right. Celebrate <laughs> this team, right? Uh, but, yes, uh, it, 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 they were very long, and I'm sure they seemed longer even, you know, when oh. you're trying to watch on TV, right? Or, or trying to watch on your phone on TV yeah. in, a, in a manner that yeah. you can't hear anything. So that was, that was uh, difficult. Interesting things that I took from this game. If Shudek makes the first field goal, if Potabom doesn't fall down, <clears throat> or whoever was open, the tight was it tight end. If he doesn't fall down, we score a touchdown. First drive right now, right out to shoot. And and don't forget, second drive we went right down the field and only got a field goal. But the first two drives of the game for Iowa, well, that's not true because Michigan scored on back-to-back plays. Which meant that we oh, had, we had a three we and out in between. Hunt. We had a three and out in between. And, right. and, Two out of three, the first three drives were long drives for Iowa that resulted in a total of three points. And, of course, from the TV angle, it's pretty easy to see him throw that ball backwards. And I went, oh, no, he's throwing this. Yeah. And, you know, Jabari got burnt, and that happens, right? But this, the 67-yard run or whatever, however long it was, I mean, they blocked it. Jack... Didn't have a great angle. Got 
Kid made a great sideways move, and it was the longest run of the of the year against Iowa, and only the second time all year anybody went for more than thirty yards on a, for for thirty yards on a run, on a run. more than twenty five, right? Yeah, only the second time, and he Kid made a great move. We saw it, you, it from where you could just see a shift him shift sideways, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and, right. And then he stayed in bounds, and yeah, you know he yeah. took it to the house, yeah. and so. But I actually felt like the Hawks got the, their feet under them a little bit at fourteen to three. And then we had five straight punts, and it's like, oh, man. And obviously, how, how do they not call targeting on Petrus? <laughs> I, I realize he's it's interesting a, that's where you're going out of all of this. Mature, well, no, mature, yes. because how I, I believe um, that 15-yard penalty would have made a huge difference in terms of of yes. obviously going yes. down the field, field position, but also in terms of of having an ability to score. And because the next play, it was when there was a sack or some or a holding penalty yeah, or something. Down, yeah, we went, yeah. Well, we were holding on that. We had a holding penalty. I think they would have offset. They would have offset. We wouldn't have lost our yardage, and that dude would have been kicked out of the game. Yeah. Um, to me, so... We had we had, you're you're getting into there's an area of this game where the game was still in doubt and we started playing with them, and we were doing what we normally do and unfortunately we had dug ourselves a hole by potty mom falling down instead of just turning his head he turned around and he didn't you know that's right in front of us and he, he that's easy that's an easy touchdown also the non pass interference call on third down in, when they were inside the ten on the, the the drive that we did score the field goal. They threw it, Keegan Johnson. Somebody said uh, they thought that, you know, on the replay it was thrown way out of bounds. From my perspective, again, right in front of me, it wasn't thrown way out of bounds. That's a catchable ball. It was just tackled. It is literally <clears throat> just the guy The guy from Michigan literally took both arms and wrapped him around Keegan Johnson and dragged him to the ground, and there's no flag on that. And, and, well, it, <clears throat> obviously we get beat by 39 points. Two, two officials' calls are not the difference. Well, but – but in the flow of a football game, they very well can be because the last three touchdowns were, I, I'm sorry, that's the first time in four years I think I've seen since the Penn State game where we got blown out up there four years ago. This is the first time I've seen us give up. And trust me, well, our guys were still tackling, but they were half there in the fourth quarter. They, and, and they were out of gas. They were out of gas. Michigan was running running flea flickers and trying to pour it on. And, uh, and, and oh, by the way, way to go, College Football Playoff Committee, basically giving no credit to the fact that Michigan's the first team in 38 games to score that kind of points against Iowa. I mean, they, they literally, I had a guy tell me, big deal, they scored a bunch of points on us, and we ran it up. I'm like, it is a big deal. It's a big deal. Nobody else has done it for four years. It hasn't happened since that Penn State game right. I'm talking about. So my, my point there was... It could have been different, and I think the part you're talking about is we got into the middle of the second quarter, right? And we were playing with them, and I this is where I got really frustrated. Teddy Ruxpin and all, we punted the ball on their 44 yard line, right? Down 14 to three. What in God's name are we doing? Because here's the thing, Kirk. I understand you want to win ball control game, but here's the thing. You're not stopping that Michigan team from scoring again, and he was playing the game in the second quarter as if Michigan was never going to score again, and that to me was really – that was the most frustrating part of the whole thing. Well, I, I, think he, I think he clearly lost sight of the fact that Michigan was owning the line of scrimmage on both sides, and <clears> – <throat> You know, honestly, it was the first time I felt like our defensive line got really exposed in a run game. 
I've I felt like you know in on that first run Jack overruns it. It's early in the game. He's in hot pursuit. Overruns it. The guy cuts back behind him, and it's like oh man. I mean because if you're going to make the play, he's going to get seven yards. But you got to you got to be in position. You got to stop it right. And and when we got the interception, I thought okay here we go. Yep. And here we go. And. Yep. In, were they inside the red zone three or four times? I thought it was four. Iowa? Uh, f- 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 four. We got in the red zone four times. Four times in the red zone, and you end, and up, got three points. And you end up with three yes. points. Yes, because Padilla got in there in the second half. Right. And and I just was like, man, because obviously if you can figure out a way to finish drives, <laughs> if you get two field goals and two touchdowns, that's 20 points. And and all of a sudden you're talking about a different kind of football game. Why is 87 for Michigan the Hutchinson kid? Why is he allowed to run offsides on every play? Well, because you, they clearly don't think he's offsides. I mean, it was unreal. I mean, you could see him because he would stand. He would be standing up, moving towards the line of scrimmage before the ball was snapped on every play. Well, I just maybe wondered on TV. Maybe if you could see I, I couldn't really tell that. It, it looked really – it was egregious a number he, of times. He almost plays a, He's good. Cana- a Canadian football <laughs> He gets, gets the running start. <laughs> on that, on, on defense. And, and, I mean, the dude's really good. Obviously, he's going to New York for the Heisman. Um, he's not going to win, but it's – I mean, he's an exceptionally good football player. And I – you know, unfortunately – Goodson's right in line to block him, and he's doing his best. Well, he's getting run over, yeah. okay? Yep. yep. Um, and we try to chip him. We try to double team him. We we did everything other than pull Linderbaum out of the middle and send him over there, um, which may not have been a bad idea, yeah. but uh, just just not enough. Not uh, clearly, this is uh, Captain Obvious here. Not enough good plays for Iowa. Well, I even uh, saw on, on somebody offense. breaking down uh, a couple of plays where you see Mason Richmond stand up and go to block somebody, and there's literally nobody there, and he just falls down, right? I mean, Iowa. But Iowa they called him for tripping, and he hip blocked a guy. And I'm like, I didn't realize yeah. you couldn't do that no, anymore. Was, that was a horrible call. I mean, he didn't trip him with his feet. It's he, hard. You're right. No, it wasn't tripping. It, it just wasn't by definition. And again, like you say, the definition of targeting was the play that they had, and they didn't give it at this point in time. I don't even know why they have a definition for it. Just guess. Right, uh, so official calls aside, there were some perplexing things Iowa did in this game. I, again, I, I felt like they were playing not to lose, or I shouldn't say they were playing a conservative game plan in a game where they shouldn't have been doing. Yet so. the first drive was anything but conservative. No, it was that was right. But I'm saying once we got into the, into so, the second so quarter, why couldn't Brian continue to try and dial well, up? Some he dialed of these up. Things. See, you know what worked twice in that first series was a rollout, a play-action rollout, right? Right. By the time Alex Padilla got in the game, he ran that twice. and Both times Michigan's guys were bearing down on him. Because they, they recognized what was going on. Right. And they changed, and Iowa didn't do anything different, right? Right. Brian tried to run that five more times, and it never it worked twice on the first drive. Never worked again, right? A number of things Iowa was doing right. Michigan was adjusting to it, and Iowa wasn't doing anything different. And that's, the, that's really one of the things that you notice about this team this coaching staff is that for some reason they come up with some decent ideas, but when they're not working, they don't change them. They just keep running them as if they're well, somehow going to work. It's, it's you know. so, so we've all read the statistic that under Brian, the best Iowa has been is 91st in the country. This is the worst statistical offensive football team under Kirk Ferentz. 
299 yards a game is the worst yards per game. I don't want to ask the question, how did we win 10, but but, wow. It it is amazing, right? It is absolutely amazing. Um, It's it's a good – that's how good the defense was. That's how good the turnovers were. There was some good fortune in there. When they got the opportunities, they scored. The games they won – with the exception of Nebraska, the games they won, they would have scored on the Pony Bomb right. play. They would have gotten the pass interference call on the goal line that should have been in the head first and goal and punched it in. They would have had it at 14-14 to 14 at that point in time instead of 14-3. to 3. Right. And that's how you win games is you get, you get well, the calls you, you should get, you make it, the plays well, you, you should and make. And you hang in there. Right. You make the plays you should make. They didn't the other night. They didn't. And, they and didn't. Clearly, clearly, it didn't end well. It didn't. I there's a lot more to break down about Brian Ference and some of the other questions. We got a little bit more time left. We got Tom Basketball Kicker. too, and Tom Kicker. When we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle, and we are back here at G Mix, Dave Creighton and Jr. and Brett Ridge. We're snarfing down our Smash Burgers. This is the new winter. It's the winter Smash Burger. G Mix has a special meat concoction. Hamburger, sausage, something or other. He puts it together all in the one. It is fabulous. It is delicious. It is. And they're going to do that throughout the winter. And then next spring. Go back to Steak Man. When the uh, patio's open. Gotcha. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll be able to grab the burgers. Very reasonably priced and uh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. It's just we had to finish chewing while we were getting off <laughs> the air there. Um, uh, where are we going? Oh. We're going to Tom Caker. Tom Caker. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com, who joins us each week. And, Tom, um, you know, we could talk basketball. Uh, and we should. Because we've been talking football. But we've got 15 more weeks to talk basketball. I kind of want to get back into football a little bit and finish this off. And still, we've got one game left with the bowl game, by the way. So, you – I'm not sure what you were thinking when you set this up today. But you asked the question of people. On your website, do they really think that the offensive problems for Iowa are Brian Ferentz, or do they understand that it's Kirk Ferentz? And you kind of let them sort of burn it down. <laughs> what what, what yeah. was your thinking on that? Where where were you going with that? I mean, I have a general idea, but let him answer the well, question. Go ahead. Here's here's, and I've said this millions of times. Over the course of my tenure at Hawkeye Report, been doing this for a little while. Y'all wanted Ken O'Keefe fired. Y'all wanted Greg Davis fired. Now y'all want Brian Ferentz fired because you don't like the offense. What's been consistent about that 23-year run when you've wanted to get Kirk, rid of all those guys? Kirk Ferentz is the head coach. Okay. And, the defense rests. <laughs> would, would, you agree, would you agree with me that the offense has basically been kind of the same for the most part? Well, and I, I, you know, I, that they that the nuts and nuts and bolts of what Iowa football is a balanced attack. You're going to run the ball. You're going to run stretch plays. You're going to do all those things. It's been basically the same. You know, kind of, it, might, it might look a little different from year to year, but for the most part, that Iowa football has looked kind of like Iowa football. Correct? It, it does. And, and so the, the, the part that I 
I wonder about, the part that I don't quite get, and maybe maybe you know you know a little bit more about this than I do. And I asked it to in response, but you know that thread became so long, I'm sure you couldn't read the whole thing. My, my real question is: Is Brian working, actually calling the plays, actually calling the plays within the system, or is Brian pretty much doing what his dad says during the game and calling what his dad's calling? Because, for instance, is I, I think it was the it's the Hawkeye game films guy, or was it? Or, oh no, it was Cody Hillis and the Sims guy, right? He yeah. went out and he he figured out that on if Iowa throws an incompletion, here's what I'm going to yeah, go say ahead. about that. That's been We've known that. That's been talked about for years. They've they've done. I mean, I don't know why. And God bless Cody. I love Cody. He's an awesome guy. But Scott Dockerman's done those those things um, yeah. for years. Where they, yeah. uh, I mean, it's not like it's not like um, that was new information. That oh my God, really? They've been doing this for twenty three years, and they've been running it on. On second down, if second. they have an incomplete pass on first, they've been doing that for 23 years. This is so, not like we just discovered, um, you know, uh, water. Right. It's, it's, it's 90%, 92%, right? So the question really t- is, Tom, is so Brian Ferentz doesn't really call that play. A, Brian Ferentz doesn't call that play. Brian Ferentz knows I have to call a running play, and maybe he tries to figure out correct. which running play that, to call. That, Philosophically, Kirk Ferentz has explained this um, several times, and people don't like it, so they get mad that we're not asking tough questions. But Kirk has been asked this question. Um, What's your philosophy on that? And he'll always say it's because we need to get some yards. We want to get get some yards so we don't, we're not sitting third and ten if you have an incomplete pass on second down. Yeah. And, so you and, might be third and five or third and six. So it's a makes it a little more manage, manageable. Now that doesn't always work, and people know the tendencies. But that's a, it, it is that is um, honestly, it's kind of standard operating procedure for most people, most offenses, um, is to do it that way. Well, that's certainly it. pro uh, many pro, pro style. football for sure. Pro pro, pro football style, but, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, has pro, that mindset. Pro, offen- pro style offenses, that is kind of like pro offense 101. And second and 25, you run a draw play, always. And, or and, the, Vi- and the Vikings did it the other day. I, I had to watch that happen the other day as well, right? Third and 20, it, it, third and 20 you're in your in your own territory, you're going to run a draw play. Yeah, you're just not going to. You're not going to. Hayden Fry did that. Yeah. Hayden Fry did oh, that yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, so what we come back to, and, and I know you're always surprised when I say these things, Tom, but what, what we come back to is I, I have to stick with the fact that I got a guy right now that has won 10 games and has averaged nine and a half over the last seven years. Uh, nine and a half, think about that, over right. the last seven years. And this is, this is the coach, and by the way, he recruits players that are about right for his system. They coach him up well above their, scotch, their level in a lot of cases, and they go out and they win these games. And then we get to some of these bigger games, and it doesn't work out quite as well as we'd hoped. But this is this is a way to have winning football. And for me to get to go to Indianapolis every couple of years or every five years or something like that, and I'm okay with that. And not everybody else is. But I, I was certainly not sitting there the other night, uh, Tom, thinking fire Brian. 
I mean, I mean, I heard people's, and I'm, I'm like, what are you talking about? But I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. And I think as we sit and talk about this rationally, it comes back to you either want the entire package of Kirk Ferentz and what he's going to bring to the table, or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> or. So, so let me ask you this. Obviously, Kirk. Or do you want? Bill- or do you want door number three? You know, the old <laughs> let's make a deal. Do you want door number three? Yeah, right. do, you, do you want Lane Kiffin, right, or or, or uh, Hugh Freeze or Whoever. something like that? Yeah. Right. So yeah. so let me ask you this. Kirk and, and Bill Belichick are obviously extraordinarily close. Um, yeah. yeah. I almost tweeted last night. You remember the old Bielema quote that it was uh, like a like a play that had like, I don't know, it was a run play or something. He called it, border, it was borderline erotic or whatever. I think Kirk looked at that box score and probably – thought that the Patriots thing was like borderline erotic. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Three times in a game. It, for, yeah, 48, it, you, it, you win 14 to 10 on the road. Just to add insult to injury for your, for your edification, Tom, Mac Jones is my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> that was fun last night. <laughs> yeah. But, but my point is that Belichick's offense over the years has evolved. Obviously, he had Brady. So, I mean... Uh, that that's something that you know, obviously Iowa doesn't have Tom Brady back there at quarterback, but but my point is is that they they certainly find ways to um, expand the offense, expand the repertoire. They're not running nothing but outside zones. You watch you watch New England and they uh, you know they're pulling guards and and they're doing counter pulls and all this other kind of stuff. Think, things that can put the defense a little bit on edge based upon tendencies that they have had throughout the year. I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but is there a co-offensive coordinator? Is, they, is there somebody else that you could bring in with some understanding the mindset, but also understanding what you might be able to do within the tendencies that you have to offset those sorts of, uh, uh, of those things that are clear... When Dr. Tom was at Iowa, after 16 years of watching him run the flux capacitor yep. offense and, and the press, you know, everybody in the Big Ten who'd been around long enough had figured it out, and we were getting smoked. They have great non-conference uh, record and couldn't win the Big Ten. Right. right? And, and I, I have a sense that some of that is what happens with Iowa if you don't execute in a, in a perfect manner. Because if you can block everybody and you got good running backs and they can make the plays, well, all of a sudden you're getting an 18-play 18, 18 yeah, drive with three passes and you're scoring touchdowns. And that, to me that was the problem in every game that we lost this year is, was the inability to finish drives. Uh, oh, we had opportunities. Well, that's in, been, in, the, in, that's been yeah. the story of the second half of the season. In yes. my book is that they, they just got bought. I mean, it was – First, it was kind of like inside the 40 where they were just bogging down. And then, you know, it's, it's red zone stuff. And it's just they, they're so limited in the, in the red zone. And I think that's maybe the biggest thing that they've got to fix right now is get more effective. I mean, because you see how many field goals Caleb Shudak kicked. I mean, they, Iowa scored yeah. two offensive touchdowns in the last three games and won two of them. Yeah. How was that possible? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, How is it's that possible? It's it's not possible, and somehow they did it. And and in well, this it game, it, it came back to bite them. Well, it, it, it clearly possible because it happened, well, right? But it came back to bite them when you're sitting there the other night, and you just realize that they've got when when it came to a, right, and well, and it came to a third down and and medium range in that second half when you really needed to, to you, you needed one or it was over. And the best they could do was try to run the literally probably the same play that Brad Banks ran to Dallas Clark 15 years ago, right? It was the right? same play. It was the same years. play. Where they were going to throw to throw to the yeah. tight end, and it was covered. And Lachey got kind of bogged down, maybe held, who knows? And he wasn't there. And then there's nothing else, right? So, yeah. in, in that instance, there's no there's no safety valve, right? So maybe a few years ago or that year, 2002. Geez, every every one of those linemen was going to play in the NFL, and it was the best line I've ever and so seen. So did Dallas, right. <laughs> right? So it's a little different deal. And if that's the best you got drawn up, maybe there ought to be something else, right? Uh, just in that instance, uh, just for some of those yeah. plays, you know. Um, well, let, let, let's you know, uh, real quick. I know Kirk. Go ahead. I know Kirk. I know Kirk always gets hammered for this when he talks about it, but it comes down to execution, guys. It just does. Yeah. I mean, you look at at. Uh, I'll just give one example of first first quarter of the game on Saturday, Iowa runs a halfback pass and it's not executed and you're throwing to fullback. Uh, right. A whole different. But, um, and, and then Michigan runs the halfback pass and they complete it and it's a touchdown. Yep. That's, you know, one, one team executed, the other one did not. And that's how you, you know. By the end of the night, the execution was time. Yeah, no, I thought yeah. so too. I thought coming out in the third quarter, um, come with out, Pede- you score, score points. Yes, yeah, you score points. You're back right in the game, but but then they didn't, and it just got downhill. And we've seen that with Iowa doing that to people this year, where over last sure. year, where just a tight game at the half, and then they just a couple things go their way, and next thing we look up, and it's thirty to three, and you're going, oh wow, they kicked the crap, right? You know. Well, they didn't really, but they, you know, they won comfortably. But they they won, and they wore them down, and we were scoring touchdowns, yeah. and, you know, we're singing polkas. Right. And and the thing that was really tough was when they finally did bring Padilla in, injury or not, uh, to Petrus, the offensive line was worn down by that point in time, and there was just there was nothing for him left to do, right? It was really going to be hard at that point in time, too. So, yeah, hey, is still a legit. game to go. Spencer is there. legit hurt. Spencer is legit hurt. Is yeah, he hurt now? Legit. Yeah. Did that it, happen? Uh, it looked legit. It looked legit. Uh, like on the targeting play? No, it was a different play. Um, he got hit in the torso. So it's something with ribs and something like that. So. Ah. Is that a longer-term deal that will keep him out of the bowl game? I don't don't know. That's the big question. Kirk didn't know much more when we asked him uh, Sunday. So. Um, you know, maybe next week we'll get players or something like that or the week after and we'll get a better picture. But they're not going to do a whole lot for the next week plus right. anyway. Because right. they've got, you know, right. they were going to give them this week off pretty much. And then um, they do a little bit over the weekend, but not much for the starters. And then uh, they got finals week next week. So um, yeah, catch yeah. up, they'll get going after finals week's done. Right, they'll be doing some conditioning and those sorts of things. Um, we, sure. There's so much ground we could cover today, Tom, but we've only got two minutes left in this segment. Thoughts about tomorrow, Xavier Wonka, and 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 what you think is going to happen because uh, he's making his choice tomorrow. 
Well, you, you guys, as you guys probably know, I put in my forecast for this. I was the first person to uh, um, throw one in for Iowa. Oh, yeah. And I have not changed my... I have not changed my mind, so um, that is my pick, and I, I think I was going to get good news tomorrow. Well, that would be that'd be that'd wonderful. Be fun. It'd yeah. be fun. It would be fun. And I think it's going right. to lead to other next week. Things. What? Ah, I, I see yeah, where you're I, going I with see, that. See you working there. I see where you're going with see that. You working there. All right, Tom. Next week, more about basketball after Iowa beats Iowa State. We're not even going to worry about it. It's going to happen. We'll talk more about basketball. We'll start getting ready for the bowl game. Thanks for breaking this one down here this week, uh, this last weekend with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care, Tom. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. It is good. We break this. This was the Big Ten Championship game. Right. Break down what's going on with Iowa football. We've got another game. That bowl, that Citrus Bowl game. Last time they were there, you and I were there. I was there. Want to drive the RV down there now? Why wouldn't we? Well, we could think about it. I can't. I can't drive the RV, but Alan wants to go. Anyway, I, we could talk about that. Anyway, um, do we need a Class C on that? No. Oh. Anybody can drive it. It's just I have my little issue. That, you know, oh yeah, yeah right, yeah, right, so right. It'd have to be somebody else for right now. January twenty eighth. There you go. Yeah, so when that's over. Uh, by the way, yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, you know, Iowa's still number fifteen in the CFP poll, and Kentucky at twenty two. It's about right for a matchup for Iowa. I think it's it's kind of a nice one in terms of uh, it'll be fun. With the, could be a hard hitting football game. It's going to be a hard hitting football game. They actually play some defense can, uh, as contrarian to a lot of SEC teams, and it'll be fun to see. Let's talk basketball. When we come back a little bit of wrestling. We'll uh, keep breaking it down here on the Hawkeye Huddle. And hello again, everyone. Cottage chewing again. Dave, Dave Creighton Jr., who was done with his bite. And Brett Ridge here at G-Migs enjoying the new Tuesday night special, Smash Burgers. Absolutely delicious. Come on down. They're like 10 bucks. I can't take bucks. as big a bite as you do. I don't understand. Yours is gone. Mine's, anyway. Anyway. <coughs> we, we need to thank our other sponsors. Yeah. AMP and Plumbing. AMP and Plumbing. You know what they do. Well, they do plumbing. But the key to the plumbing is that they'll do it at any time, day or night, without a same rate, 24-7. That's pretty cool. And uh, they're busy, but uh, obviously if you have an emergency, most plumbing is. <laughs> That's right. Angela Lancaster, uh, Remax Concepts, uh, who can sell a house for you in a day. Right? <laughs> if it takes that long. If it takes that long. And uh, Brian Houck at, uh, at Key Mortgage. Uh, take a look at uh, what he can do for you in terms of trying to help you finance the house. If you refinance. want to buy one, refinance, and the whole bit as well. And our good friends here at GMAX. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to get rid of the rest of that burger as it goes now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, we haven't talked basketball really at all. Iowa, obviously, um, two losses this week, but not. there's no despair in these losses, right? So Keegan Murray did not get to play at Purdue. He was hurt. Iowa still was within two, even though down 19 was in two with a minute and a half to go. They lose 77-70 to 70 to the number one team in the country. And then last night, um, and by really the way, there's not going to be a lot of teams going into West Lafayette and doing that and, and run, no. running Purdue out the gym. Last night, a little more disappointing, losing 87-83 at home to Illinois. Although Illinois did everything that they needed to do to win that game, and Iowa missed a few shots. The biggest thing with Iowa right now is there is no post presence whatsoever. They, Philip Robacha is not a post player. Uh, in the Big Ten, and he could not match up with Kofi Coburn, no matter what Iowa did. Again, not and, a lot of people are going to be able to. N- no, but but 
it's it's really Iowa loses. You know, it was something ridiculous, like fifty-two to twenty-seven on the board. Something yeah. ridiculous. Fran, Fran was pretty upset about the uh, rebound disparity, and you know, some some of rebounding is is effort, and some of it's about technique. Well, Bruce uh, Bruce had the right idea. He's like, yeah. if you're gonna double. Right, just stay in then there. Just and stay in there and double and rebound because what Iowa was doing is they were digging and doubling, down down low and then trying to run out to the corner to defend the three. The problem is when you do that, now the ball's going bouncing over your head and you aren't even in there to rebound the ball. Right. And so when Illinois did miss, the only guy standing there is Kofi Goburn, right? And so he he and the other guys end up with a bunch of rebounds. And Iowa they needed to come up with a different way of doing that. It's I, I really thought they should have played Josh Gundelay more. I thought he played really well at Purdue, and I thought that the minute or two he gave got last night at the end of each half was good. I think he can play some defense. So, you know, he's going to take plays well, off. Well, you know, but he's, he's physical. Big. Yeah, yeah, he's big and physical. So they're going to need to do a little more of that. Uh, look, the, the best combination that they can put on the court right now is one they don't do very often. But in, in my opinion, the Murray brothers need to play together. Uh, Tyler Eulis to me is a Aaron, Aaron yeah, Tyler Aaron Aaron Eulis is a uh, uh, a bigger threat in a number of different ways than Joe Toussaint is. Joe Toussaint is doing a nice job running the point. Aaron Eulis is a little bit more of a scorer and, and slasher. And for that matter, uh, you know, obviously Perkins right now is, is playing terrific basketball. He's he double figures the last three games, and I think he had 14 or 15 last night. He made 16. a bunch of shots, 16. 16 last night, 14 when, against When Purdue. they go to press teams, when they go to press, which Iowa got 18 turnovers uh, against Illinois last night, 18 turnovers. Yep. When they wanted to press, those four guys are on the court, and I don't care who else you put in there. When You can put Connor in there for all I care, Patrick on the back end, anybody you want. You're going to be able to actually steal the basketball and get something to happen. Unfortunately, the guy, the odd man out in this rotation right now, is Jordan. Is Jordan, Jordan Bohan doesn't fit with this team right now because he, the best he can do is stand and, and can three pointers if they leave him wide open, and they won't. Right. Right. So, um, but there's you know, after seven there. years in the league, they figure out what you're doing. <laughs> seven years of college down the drain. Yeah, but it, it, there was a lot to be excited about last night, even though they lost. Right? They they didn't shoot free throws the way they normally do. If they, but they we, can. We were, Iowa was leading the country in free throws yeah, for a while. Missed. They were like six for twelve last night, or eight for fourteen. Yeah. Um, and in Illinois, who struggles at the at the line, missed, made everything. Right? They made up. This is how games go. This is right. college basketball. But here's another stat that I do like. Uh, and I don't know what it was against Purdue the other night, but I know Iowa only turned the ball over three times last. Actually, night. I think they had four, and it, four it, at and, Virginia, and I think I think seven at Purdue. So that's unreal. I mean, so you know we're normally talking about this team with seventeen, eighteen turnovers, right? right? And we're talking about single digits and low single digits, right? For a team that runs as much as Iowa does, it's well, really good. It's really nice to see. Well, that means you're going to have an efficient offense. It means you're going to score a lot of points when you're not turning the basketball over, because you don't have those wasted possessions. And so, you know, obviously, Iowa puts up seventy at Purdue. What was it, eighty-three last night at home? I mean. Scoring doesn't appear to be an issue, and the, and the defense is actually better. The only problem with the defense last night is there's nothing, there's just nothing they can do against a solid post presence, right? 
they, uh, from, the, from the perspective of, was Illinois penetrating and getting the same types of layups that they usually get against Iowa? No, they were not doing that. They weren't, weren't getting the penetrations and the kicks. What, they were, what was happening was Kofi Coburn was getting the ball dumped down inside to him, and Iowa would either, either foul him or but, he got a clean shot. Well, he only ended up with 17 points, but he did have 18 boards. And, and, then, yeah. and It affects the whole thing. For a team, I think they shot 50 from three, which, I mean – that that is the kind of efficiency that you're you're going to need to have from Iowa's standpoint as as the season continues to progress. Honestly, without without Jordan out there, there doesn't appear to be a lot of three point guys. Peyton, we, we, I, it, there was nine. Yeah, yes, Peyton. I I think we were nine and a half minutes into the second half before they took their first three. Took their first three. Yeah, I mean, th- think about that for an Iowa basketball team from where they were. So you Last play, year. play 75% of the minutes and you haven't right. taken a three. And you hadn't taken a three, right? And I think they missed one and made – I think – I'd have to look at that. I think we were one for two in the second half from three. Well, Pat, okay. Actually, Pat, no, we made, it, we made, made a few. One. Well, Euless made one at the end, too. It was probably more than that. But it was – it took a while. And it was interesting because of that because it, it's fine. They're getting shots in, in, in down low. They were just missing them last night, right? right? Um, I, I thought there was a lot of things. Again, you're watching basketball, and you can tell when teams are just impotent offensively. Iowa is not that. Yeah, right? clearly not. They're, they're not that. So Iowa State, uh, it's it's Cyhawk time for both the men and the women. By the way, the women will uh, take on uh, Iowa State in Ames tomorrow night. That's on uh, ESPNU, and uh, I think that's 6 p.m., and then uh, the men will be on Thursday night at 8 o'clock Speaking on ESPN. women's basketball, did you see that, uh, that stud girl from – Connecticut got hurt, broke her kneecap. Oh, I didn't see what it was. Is that right? Non Paige Beckers. Non-contact deal. She was dribbling. She sort of stumbled and and has oh, no. broken her knee. She's out two months. That's that's too that's bad. Too she's bad. good. She's a good ball player. Caitlin yeah. Clark. I was uh, all all everything. Ended up Big Ten Player of the Week again. Even though Iowa did lose at Duke 79-64 the other night, they did come back and absolutely pound Michigan State the other day, 88-61. They went on like a 30-point run to start the second half. And, uh, That's really and it helpful in winning. It, it, it does make a difference, right? <laughs> but um, uh, clearly the Duke game, which was on, certainly Duke is Duke, uh, it was on the other night uh, as I was heading back from Arizona. Right. And um, Iowa was not itself right the, 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 i did think it was interesting because they had i don't know we probably had eight nine offensive fouls that were like i little push-offs well little apparently attacks. whenever you walk into cameron indoor you're going to get called it, for a charge it basically <laughs> so that was a little weird and but it once it got stretched out iowa you know um even even caitlin clark was missing shots and it just they, they remember they had a long break because they had the COVID break right, right. where they, they didn't get a play but they came back the other day and really got into the flow of things. We'll see how it goes. They got Iowa State. Of course, Iowa State's pretty darn good again. That's tomorrow night. And Central Florida on Saturday, 6.30 p.m. on Saturday in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And, man, and as we said, Iowa State, who's actually ranked, believe it or not, uh, after going with two victories all of last year, Iowa State is ranked currently an undefeated. 8-0, right? 8-0. Breaking that down a little bit, it is interesting to look and say, yes, they have beaten Xavier, but Xavier was missing four of their starters because of illness. They have beaten Creighton, who's not as good this year as they were, but it's a nice road win. And And, Creighton's just super young. And and they uh, beat Memphis, but Memphis has lost four straight since then. And they've also beat Oregon State. Who uh, was uh, was in the final four, elite eight or whatever last year? And they, I think, are three and eight at this point in time. 
Right. They're, so they're not. I mean, they've got wins against program name programs, but you're this, winning. But this is still this, this is still. I, I, actually, honestly, Iowa's probably the best basketball team they've played yet. Well, and T- we'll see how this goes. TJ obviously is a is a very fine very fine basketball coach. Um, I saw Iowa is like 15 in the net. Does that sound right? That's about right. 15 in the Which net. Which is amazing considering the, the low level of competition in, they in, had for a while. In Iowa State's like 25. So uh, this should be a good game. And uh, Bruce uh, indicated that he thinks Iowa's going to be a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite tomorrow, which I surprised me a little bit. But nevertheless, you know. How early do they do basketball line? Uh, overnight, usually. Okay. Yeah. So we won't know until then? Yeah, we I won't would, know I would figure, until the morning. <clears throat> I so what's your last call on this? Are we there yet? Well, we're getting close. Um, I so here, I like Iowa's chances in about every game where you don't have some some giant post presence, right? And Iowa State runs, Iowa State shoots. Uh, here's the thing: if they get red hot, I watched them in that Memphis game where they 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 got ahead, Memphis pulled it close, and then Iowa State made like six in a row, just ungodly, un, you know, blindfolded shots, right? Right. And so if that happens, Iowa loses the game. I don't think that's the way this is going to go. Hilton's, Hilton's going to be a little fired up Hilton, when Jordan comes back. Hilton will be fired up. Hilton will be fired up. I like the Hawks. I do. And I'm not saying that because I want them to win. I like the Hawks in this game. And, and I like the Hawks by I don't know, nine, ten points. Wow. Last year, you got to remember, wasn't this the uh, Luca Garza game where he made like nine threes in a row or something we like that? 30, we were up thirty at halftime, and, and it was yeah. it was insane. So, obviously, I think this is a this is a whole different ball game tomorrow uh, compared to last year. I think the Hawks are are, are in for a battle. Um, I'll take Iowa State, you know, sixty five, sixty four, something like. That. It's not going to be very high scoring. Give them the points. Wrestlers, by the way, they won 23-11 to 11, uh, against Iowa State. I heard that. that was a little chippy. A little dust up at the end. Iowa not wrestling all their guys, so it's kind of hard to see where that's going. But I wanted to mention it. Well, we'll figure it all out. We'll be back next week at the same time on both channels, 101.3 and 1700. The, the champ, champ with the Hawkeye Huddle.